Hey guys, thanks for tuning into the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Uh, we are going to, about halfway through this week's cast, we decide that next week we are going to cover Iron Man 1. We're going to start our review of phases 1 and 2 of all of the movies we haven't covered yet on the podcast. So we're going to start with Iron Man 1 next week. So uh, if you have anything to say about Iron Man 1... Let us know. We're going to cover all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies in order over the next eight weeks. Um, So hit us up with any of your feedback about Iron Man. And now to the cast. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matt Carroll. I am Jeff Randall. And we are here tonight to discuss with you some Ant-Man and some Marvel news and some feedback. So good to be with you guys tonight. And some Ant-Man. And some more Ant-Man. After all the (laughs) Ant-Man. Kind of like a post-credits Ant-Man, Ant-Man. Yes. Post-podcast after-credits sequence. Totally. We've done that a couple times. We have. I know who to call. (laughs) Ant-Man will return. Ant-Man will return. Um, So how how was your week, Jeff? Oh, you know, just really, really busy. Mm -hmm. Plus, I've been getting up early. um, Hitting the gym. Been getting up at 5.30 to go and do cardio before. That's awesome. Not just any kind of cardio. Fasted cardio. Fasted? Yeah. It's before you eat. Oh, okay. I I try to make sure that my body's in a fasted state before every training bout here lately because it burns more fat. Like there's also more muscle breakdown, but Yeah, I've heard it that burns more bad fat. For the muscle. Yeah. I've got a couple of uh couple of supplements that are supposed to um help kind of stop the muscle breakdown. Okay. Like uh HMB is one of them. It's, you know, just it's the uh, it's the the chemical that the amino acid leucine breaks down into. Okay. That stops muscle breakdown. Cool. Well, or stalls uh, I'm, it, glad, I'm glad, glad you're getting on track. I we we tried to, two weeks ago. We both tried to recommit ourselves, and Jeff got got back on hard, and I have not. So tomorrow, tomorrow, <laughs> let's do this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've lost eleven pounds in the past. Week. That's great, man. Uh, well, I'm I'm not doing great with that, but uh, <laughs> but I've been enjoying the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's what we're here to talk about. Woo! I like how we just didn't even get to a topic. We just immediately went to like, I'm tired. <laughs> doing a lot, doing a lot. So like, uh, let's cover some news, man. Give give us give us throw some news at us. So we're talking about Ant Man, right? Yep. Uh, Ant Man was estimated. At uh, opening weekend to bring in sixty to sixty-five million uh, domestically, and cool. unfortunately, it only opened with fifty-eight million, just shy of what it was estimated to I do. I heard that, yeah. But you know, it had it had to fight against minions, and like the the lack of. I heard the minions underperformed as well. It's, um, it's got like a fifty-four percent. Uh, uh, from what I heard from analysts talking. Uh, 
it underperformed its expectations too, and Trainwreck, the uh, Amy Schumer comedy, yeah. overperformed. So a lot of people are thinking that, like a lot of those couples went out and they ended up going to see Amy Schumer. Oh uh, yeah, instead of uh, instead of either of those other two films. So <laughs> women, I like Amy Schumer, I do, um, but but sad for Ant Man. I. Um, I, this obviously is not nearly the performance that some of its other some of the other Marvel films have received. <laughs> oh yeah, well they they also didn't really start the Ant Man hype train until after Avengers: Age of Ultron was out. True. So like it, it just didn't get as much traction because it didn't have as long to build up. I think. Yeah, and I mean it's hard it's hard to pinpoint. Why it wasn't as exciting? There wasn't as much excitement around Ant Man as there was other movies. Because I mean, Guardians is in the same situation where you just didn't have. It's not really a known property. Yeah, but I I, I think the Chris Pratt factor is a big thing. I think well, they a lot also of are... they also pushed Guardians really really hard. That's true. Before it came out, and they also like you know there was the there was the IMAX presentation of like the first six six minutes of Ant Man. Yeah, but that came before a movie. When it when they did that for Guardians, mm-hmm. it was just that. Like you yeah, literally there was like, went to the theater for just that. to see fifteen minutes of Guardians, and that, and that and and it was packed. <laughs> yeah, um, that was that was really cool. So, did you go to that? Uh, the Guardians one? Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes I did. Okay, I wasn't sure. So it was free, and I was like, "I'm gonna go do a free thing." Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think I guess I guess they it just didn't seem to have the the same amount of hype and the same amount of excitement. So yeah, uh, which is unfortunate because it was really good. It was really good, but at the same time, it, I don't think it was as good as Guardians. So maybe they just appropriately uh, hyped it. <laughs> they didn't want <laughs> to overhype. I think they were trying different channels. They were going with the more viral video. Uh, way of of going about things like the yeah. uh, the WIH or the WHIH news videos, like talking about Scott Lang getting released from prison and let's have an interview with him before he gets out and yeah. let's revisit the case and whatever. Like, not everybody knew what that was going on. Yeah, and see, I stopped watching all Ant Man stuff a few weeks before, so I I didn't get any of that stuff. Yeah, uh, but um, I th- I think. I think I wonder how much you know this promotions. Obviously, there was a promotional problem because they didn't get that many pe- butts in the seat. Uh, but I wonder how much of that was them not expecting it to perform and not wanting to invest the amounts of money they've invested in other on other movies like I Guardians. So they just weren't. They just did, they didn't have the faith. I think they didn't have nearly as much faith in Ant Man as they did in Guardians. I think you're applying your outlook on Ant Man oh, to not. No, the no, marketing. No, no. It's it's uh, nothing to do with that. I think um the fact that they put Falcon in Ant Man to me is like a big like they didn't know they didn't expect it nearly as much to stand on its own. Uh and so they, they put something with it. That's not to say the quality of the film was bad. Just I think they were pulling out more stops and wanting to spend less money. <laughs> um but, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Who can say? Who can say? Feige could probably say. Yeah, Feige could probably actually say. All right. Well, what else we, we got? We should ask him next time we see him. <laughs> Set him up on Twitter. Yeah. So, uh, let's go through the news things that I have. Uh, small things like Jamie Alexander 
has said that uh, hints for the plot of Thor 3 and what's going on with Ragnarok are going to be peppered throughout Season 3 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Civil War. Hmm. So... I feel like with the Age of Ultron scene, we've already got a little bit of... Yeah. They're starting to pepper the Ragnarok uh, concept. Yep. Something's, something is amiss in Asgard. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Something's and rotten. And so Thor Something's had to go find out... And so, obviously... That's cool that it's going to be Agent's Shield. There's a lot of stuff coming up with that. So, that she's going to obviously come back for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for a few episodes, probably. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know about a few, but at least one. Because that seems to be a pretty constant thing, is that she just shows up. She's in one episode every season so far, so yeah. Yeah. That's only two. We only have two data points, but... Yeah, that's a correlation. <laughs> that is, Clearly. It is correlated. There is a line. <laughs> anyway, Andrew Howard, who um, apparently or who was in uh, Limitless, has been added to the Sh- uh, Agents of Shield season three cast. Um, apparently, he's going to be in a major recurring role, but it hasn't been said what that recurring role is. What that role will be? I don't know who Adri- Andrew Howard is. Okay, but I'm. He was in stuff. He was in stuff. Look that up. Limitless. I've seen Limitless, but I only know one guy from that movie. <laughs> you know two. Robert De Niro was in it. Was he? Yeah. I don't recall that either. All right. All right. So more agent. Of... He was also in Bates Motel. Yeah, that's the Andrew show. Howard. Oh, that one. Anyway, so more Agents of Shield stuff. Chloe Bennett has a picture out of her uh, of her new. Quake hair. It's real pretty. Oh man, I think it's it's her that's the pretty. Well, the haircut's pretty too. I mean, the haircut looks nice. But frames her fa- frames her face well. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable talking about this. You know, with a ring on my finger. You're a married man. Yeah. I keep I keep wanting to go like I can look. I yeah. can look. Just say she's pretty. It's okay. She you can say an, she's pretty. She's an attractive lady. There you go. You know who else is an attractive lady? Who's that? I love my segues. Mm-hmm. Rachel McAdams. Yeah. She is in talks for the uh, the lead role in Doctor Strange. Now we've we've said well, the before, lead female female. Did I lead. did I not say female? You said lead role, so no. I, I was like, she's not going to be Doctor Strange. No, she's gonna fight with Cumberbatch to be Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna televise it. Uh, no, she's gonna. She's in talks for the lead female role in Doctor Strange, which, if everything holds true from the comics, could very well be Night Nurse. And like we had said before, that in Daredevil, that Claire Temple, Rosario Dawson's character, was Night Nurse, but technically it's not because uh, Stephen Denight said in an interview recently that. Uh, they wanted to use the character of Night Nurse, but they mm-hmm. couldn't because Marvel feature, like the the, the film side of it, had plans for that character. So all they did was change the name, which I find interesting because Rosario Dawson's character, Claire Temple, is a nurse in a hospital in New York. And so is Night Nurse. And Stephen Strange was a doctor 
in a hospital doing all kinds of crazy neurosurgery and whatnot. So we could very well have a connection between Daredevil and Doctor Strange through the hospital. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Yeah. They could work together. Claire Temple and could. whatever they call the Night Nurse, because she's had like three names. And Rosario Dawson is a is easily a film actress and she could show up in the you know, in the Doctor Strange movie as just a nurse, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. She could just be in the background, like talking on her phone in the in the stairwell or something. Well, I, f- I feel like she would have to say something or she's gonna be like distracting like why is Rosario Dawson back there? <laughs> like, it's people who don't know. No, we know. We know we why know. she's there. We know. No, what I'm saying is, like, she could be talking on on her phone in the stairwell to Matt Murdock, trying to keep that Russian guy alive. Yeah. But they're probably... That's, I mean... That's probably last year or something for them. Yeah, it'll be... It'll, it'll be a minute. Season two will have already been out by then. Yeah, probably so. So... Yes, for sure. Yeah. Because that's supposed to be happening early next year. Yep. You know what's happening April later this year? What's happening later this year? Jessica Jones. That's correct. Jessica Jones. Like, the, the Netflix placeholder page has, like, Q4 2015 nice. listed. That's awesome. It's had, so great. We had some feedback uh, related to Jessica Jones. Did we? Um, so I was, sure. was it our man in the field? It's, it was. It was our man in the field. Yes, I love our man in the field. <laughs> I wish we could just like go to him and just be like, "Now out to you." Yeah, right. Like just have him. And he's just reporting. He's just like got his Skype phone on. Just, okay, guys, um, they haven't seen me yet, so <laughs> I'm gonna turn on the camera. Yeah, we did. We had some feedback. Um, Thomas Brendan on Facebook wrote us a message saying, Hey guys, a, a Jessica Jones was being filmed last night on 100th and Broadway. And tonight, at the same place, they're filming under the codename Ringside, which is Daredevil Season 2. Pretty interesting they're filming at the same spot. Mm-hmm. That is very interesting, Thomas. It is. Uh, that sounds awesome. Just the fact that... The two shows are filming in the exact same spot. Probably means they're doing some sort of crossover. Oh yeah, there's got to be overlay or overlap rather, yeah, of some kind, and that's that's exciting. Absolutely. Oh man, and you know Jeff Loeb, um, or no, not Jeff Loeb. Um, damn it, the Netflix CEO had an interview that I think I read about it today, where he said. That there with the Marvel stuff, there's going to be a release of a new Defenders series every six months. Okay, and hmm. that's exciting because that's a lot of content, and it's going to be 13 episodes. Like it was confirmed that Jessica Jones, at least, is going to be 13 hours by the showrunner. Yeah. Um. And speaking of which, uh, in that same interview, they talk about how it's going to be a psychological thriller uh, more than it's going to be a superhero thing. Like, Daredevil was dark and gritty, and this guy is, uh, he's a lawyer doing crime drama, and he's also a superhero, like, on the side. Okay. And they, it's like they explored how does crime drama happen when he's also superhero. So now 
when they go to Jessica Jones, they're doing like a completely different kind of thing where it's like this psychological thriller. How deep can she go into her own psyche? Does she have this kind of thing in her to do this? Like, how is she going to get out of this situation? How is she going to survive and Hmm. live with herself? I know nothing about Jessica Jones yet, so... And I'm, I'm excited to just go in blind on a new character. We can't do that. We can. No, we can't, because... I looked it up today. The uh, their Marvel is releasing Alias Volume 1 in September of this year. Okay. So we can get the comic book club jumping on that. And in November of this year, they're releasing uh, Alias Volume 2. So nice. We got some comics to read. All right. And it's this, it's similar to the way that uh, the Ant Man Scott Lang one was. So it's not a ton of comics. It's not, not a like ton. thirty it's comics. Not, it's to not real old ones, probably. right? <laughs> those those Hank Pym ones were harder to get through. Yeah, just a little show. bit. So yeah, going back to Jessica Jones, I'm I'm really excited to see how they portray psychological thriller in the form of superhero movie. Yeah, or, well, not movie, but superhero drama. drama series. And, like, Luke Cage is going to be involved in that, like, with his unbreakable skin and super strength. Like, that's... There's a lot of room for, like, really neat stuff to happen. Mm-hmm. Especially with Kilgrave. Kilgrave being, like, kind of a mind control-ish or uh, direct toward impulse control kind of guy. Okay. The Purple Man. Yes, that's right. David Tennant. Yeah. Playing him. And that's... Apparently he's, like, deliciously evil. Awesome. That's, like, the terminology they used. And I was like, I, what? <laughs> I could totally see him playing a great, deliciously evil character, just based on his, his stint as the Doctor. He always had a great, like, darkness behind his eyes, you know? Yeah. I just like how good a bad guy he was in Harry Potter. Yeah. Especially with the weird ticks that he had, the the weird licking. <laughs> anyway. Oh, let's see. So, later this year we're getting another season of Agent Carter. Um, it's been confirmed that Agent Carter is going to have, or address rather, the Dark Force. You remember in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 1... The guy that made all the lights go out, blackout, I think yep. is that episode. I do. His powers were related to the Dark Force. So we're basically going to see like the origins of Dark Force on Earth. Like? In Agent Carter. Like the Sith? I, sure. <laughs> you know. Yes. Dark Side of the Force. I get it. Thank you, Matthew. Yeah, you know, just trying to help out. <laughs> Just trying to make those connections that were not entirely Disney obvious. owns them both now. Could just be that they came from a galaxy far, far away a long time ago. They're going to be showcasing um, Star Wars footage and Civil War footage at D23 this year. Oh, yeah. I don't doubt On it. the same day. Whew. August 15th. Because, you know, they at, at D23 they have everything going on. Everything like Disney. Animated is happening all on one day. And then there's the live action day. And then there's the, like day where everybody gets together to dance or something. I don't know. What? I think that's what it is. That seems like a strange turn of events. <laughs> uh, where is D23 being held? Anaheim. Let's go. Okay. I don't think so. Come on, man. I don't think we can do that. We can pull it off. All right. What's that? What, what you got next? So we officially have writers for Spider-Man 
oh, the yeah. standalone Spidey film. That's awesome. Yeah, the co-directors, the co-directors of the recent uh, Vacation film, uh, John Francis Daly and Jonathan M. Goldstein, are confirmed to write Spider-Man. Weird. Have they? Is that all they've done? Is that? I'm pretty sure they've done other stuff. Because that seems like a really off the wall thing to just be like, you know what? That was awesome. It's not even out yet. Let's get them for Spidey. Yeah, that seems a little rash. John Francis Daly is, uh, he was in, he was in Freaks and Geeks. He was the younger brother in Freaks and Geeks. Oh my gosh, that guy. He was also on Bones until very recently. Um, he was a regular on Bones for years. That's, that's neat. I knew he actually left Bones and it was, they said it was because he wanted to do writing and directing. Uh, he wanted to pursue writing and directing instead of acting. And now I see why they're letting him write Spider-Man. I would have left too. (laughs) That's awesome. That that's is awesome. That's super. That's super fun. I, I like. I've always liked him as an actor. I did not know he'd written anything. <laughs> um, but I'm looking right now to see what all he's written. Now, oh, vacation, horrible bosses two, cloudy with a chance of meatballs two, uh, the incredible Burt Wonderstone. Um, horrible bosses and an episode of Bones. So, that's a, a you know all comedy. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And we we've talked about how they're they're wanting to go in like a uh coming of age comedy yeah direction for Ant Man or for Spider Man. So that all that all seems to track. That all looks good. And I guess um. Goldstein, uh, Jonathan M. Goldstein is is his writing partner. It looks like they've done all of the same movies. So yeah, that's what it looks like. Uh, well, except for uh, Goldstein's in a lot of a lot more. Well, Goldstein's a little bit older. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, I uh, I liked Horrible Bosses. I don't think I and, I, and I, as uh, it wasn't wonderful, but the incredible Burt Wonderstone wasn't bad. So, um. Yeah, I'm I'm down. I'm down think, to see what they can do with Spidey. I think they could do well. I like uh, I like John Francis Daly's work, even if like, even if it's just acting stuff. Like he was in Waiting. Yep. And Freaks and Geeks, obviously. Yep. And I've loved him. And then I've been like, oh wait, he's also a writer and director. And I've seen a lot of stuff that he's done yeah. without even thinking about it. Yeah, that's cool. I'm down. I, I'm down. That's an interesting choice, which I always like when Marvel makes interesting choices oh, yeah. uh, that aren't, you know, I don't know. It seems to me like when they go with sort of offbeat, smaller writers and directors, they get better results. Yeah. That's true. It's so, like nobody knew about James Gunn before. Yeah, Guardians. at least he wasn't wasn't nearly as big. I mean, he was like they were. Everybody was like, he's that thriller guy, right? He did Slither. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I'd seen a lot of his movies, but you'd uh, seen none of them. Uh, Don't I, lie to me. I, Super's really good. Slither's pretty good. Um, I've seen Super all of like once. I forget what and his role. I was role. so confused by it the first like that time that I watched it. I forget what his role was, but he also had something to do with the uh, <laughs> the reboot of Dawn of the Dead. Huh. All right. I saw that on his IMDb one day, and I was like, "That's one of my favorite things." So I love that reboot of Dawn of the Dead. You know, after thinking about Super, 
um, like watching it that one time, I was confused. And then after I, after I thought about what happened in it, I was like, oh, okay. It wasn't actually a superhero thing. Like, cause I was going into it thinking it's a superhero thing. And it just, it wasn't. Uh, it was. It was not a superhero thing. It was a really dark, weird, sort of real world superhero thing. And it made me sad. Oh, it should. Because I wanted to be a superhero before that. And then I was like, uh, Kevin Bacon's so mean. That's real funny that you wanted to... Uh, that's good. That's good. I think that's what that movie's supposed to do. <laughs> Ground me You want to be a superhero? Watch this movie. You don't want to be a superhero. Okay. So, um... Just a little quick aside. Uh, Marvel Phase Two ha- or Marvel has announced a Phase Two box set Ooh. that has gone up on Amazon. I've already added it to our Amazon shop. Yes, if you're gonna buy the Phase Two box set, please buy it from our Amazon store. <laughs> it would help us a lot. We make a small percentage whenever you guys buy things through our Amazon store. Uh, so if you're buying a Marvel movie, Marvel thing, uh, go to mcucast.com and click on the Amazon banner and. We have a Amazon store with all kinds of Marvel things. Same price to you as normal. You just shop as you normally would on there through Amazon, but we get a small cut and you support the podcast. Woo! Little commercial there. Hooray! That and that item's really expensive, so the percentages would look really good. Yeah, no, that's what, that's what I was saying. If you're going to buy it, <laughs> it's probably super expensive. I, what does it say? I think it's say? like, so far, it's it's been uh, at about 250 to 200. 250. Like, 250 is where it started, and then it like, has come down a little bit. All of S.H.I.E.L.D., all of uh, Daredevil. It's six films. Oh, it's just the films. It's just the films. Oh, and it's two hundred fifty dollars, and it's supposed to have some sort of crazy, ridiculous ultimate power in the universe kind of enclosure. So I think it might be Infinity Stone related. Wow! Yeah, it All makes right. sense though. Six films, one for each Infinity Stone. Yeah, it's just a lot of money for six movies. I know, uh, and I, some memorabilia. Yeah, I mean, I'm tempted. Believe me. <laughs> I thought about I'm like, it. That's nuts. I never should do that, but I would. I probably would. <laughs> I might if the box is cool enough. <laughs> um, we never judge a book by its cover, but always movies. So, where does this news come from that Martin Freeman is likely Henry Gyrick? Gyrick. Gyrick. Um. Basically, I've been I've been reading the news. I've been reading around. Martin Freeman had some things to say about the upcoming role and the things that he said are leading me to believe that he's going to be Henry Gyrick because he said his role is basically to make things difficult for the Avengers which and this is in Civil War correct yes this is in Civil War what who is Gyrick in Civil War Henry Gyrick was the government liaison to the Avengers okay and he basically would try to kind of guide the team toward doing the right thing for the government, but like, wait for approval, guys, because we've got to do this thing. They're like, no, shut up. People need saving. So he's probably, if he is being put into that role of Henry Gyrick, he's likely going to be, you know, government liaisons, going to hang out with them, try to impose rules and say, like, the accords. 
have been put into place, so you have to do these 12 things and get approval before you can go try to save anybody. Gotcha. Adding bureaucracy to the... Right, He's the right. bureaucrat that will try to run the Avengers. Yeah. Okay, um, so Bilbo is not going to be joining the Avengers. It's not going to be like a team-up movie. No. Damn. Thought for sure we were going to get a little Lord of the Rings crossover. <laughs> so everybody was thinking that he was going to be Prime Minister Chase. Uh, just based on what uh, what Ulysses Claw said in Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh my god, he was talking to the Prime Minister of England. And I guess they only thought that because he's got an accent. Yeah. And it, was, <laughs> it was a really loose theory. Yeah, I, <laughs> like, I remember hearing the that theory and I was like, I don't know, guys. He <laughs> says some like general stuff that he could be talking to anyone, it seems like. Yeah. And then there was um, there was the thought that he could be the ambassador to Wakanda, which would bring in Black Panther, kind of a an easy segue there. <clears throat> which was his name was Everett Ross, which I find interesting that General Thunderbolt Ross is going to come back for that oh. for that movie. Interesting. So I'm my thought is like there's kind of a fifty fifty split right now on the internet of. He's going to be uh, Henry Gyrick, or he's going to be Everett Ross. I think that General Ross is going to come back to take the role of Everett Ross and roll it in with General Thunderbolt Ross. Okay. And kind of be the government liaison or government ambassador to Wakanda just so that he can assess their military strength and see, you know, how, um, how much of a threat they are. So to speak. Okay. That's what I think. That's my theory. Cool. And we've all seen how well my theories work out here lately. <laughs> Just all batting a thousand, man. Batting a thousand. Yeah, on that on that one. Um So no, there were two. There were two. Martin Donovan's character is not done. Yep. Hydra has some stuff to play with. Uh Martin Donovan's character Martin Donovan was the actor who played How's your face guy? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, Doctor Hauser Face. Uh, no, he's, he's agent, the guy, Agent Hauser Face. Agent Hauser Face. He's the <laughs> the Shield guy who I guess was Hydra, who was working with with Shield and is in the first scene in Ant Man, as well as in a later scene in Ant Man. Yep, and it didn't look like he got on the chopper. He didn't get to the chopper. Nope. He just grabbed the thing not. and ran. He booked it. I think everyone on that chopper died except for Yellow Jacket. <laughs> yeah. Starts just randomly firing lasers. (laughs) Asshole. What a douche. (laughs) You know, it's kind of funny, though. Or not funny, but really intriguing. The guys that he said were with Hydra, like these are representatives of Hydra. This is just an Easter egg for Ant-Man to look for. One of those guys had a a tattoo on his neck that was the Ten Rings symbol. Huh. Yeah. You know what? I think I noticed that in the when I was watching the movie. I noticed the symbol, but I didn't recognize that it was the Ten Rings. Yep. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, that deep continuity. Oh. <laughs> Those of you who don't know, Ten Rings is a reference to the Mandarin who was in... I mean, the Ten Rings were in the first Iron Man movie. So yeah. uh, that's pretty cool. That's really cool. That's that deep continuity, though. That is that deep continuity. So, unfortunately, Michael Douglas is not signed on for more Marvel films, but in an interview he had recently, he has said that he wants to be because he had so much fun with it. 
Huh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I heard an interview with him, and he seemed to really, uh, really enjoy being in the movies. Yep. And he was he talking really about the his, Marvel family. Yeah, well, that, and he was talking about how his family, I think he said his son is really into the movies. Yep. <laughs> and so he was talking about how, like, suddenly he was cool in his son's eyes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he was saying that his son, like, told him, don't even read the script. Just do it. Yeah, if Marvel because, comes knocking, just do it. Because that's going to be a whole new audience for you that you haven't had before. Mm-hmm. He was like, my son was basically like my agent. And now I'm the <laughs> coolest guy ever. <laughs> and I, I, I love the idea of like an aged Ant-Man. Like an aged Hank Pym, like just working with the Avengers or well, like, consulting you, on things or whatever. You think about it, it's like we've got a bunch of heroes right now that are all around the same age. Like, they're 30s, 40s, Mm -hmm. looking like. And that's generally what it is, as far as hero goes in the Avengers. We're about to bring in Spider-Man. Who is a teenager. 15, 16 years old. Yeah. And then Michael Douglas, who's in his 60s. And we've got the opposite end of the spectrum with Michael Douglas. And, like, Agent Carter might be considered... The older one, but she's not like she's not yeah. working anymore. Yeah, she's not actively. And likely, in the she's going to die. In Civil yeah, War. she is probably dead. Yeah, I think they have a few. She's in the for hundreds. Her. Uh, she's she's on up there. She's on up there at this point. It's making me sad. Let's move on. Yeah. So, Team Captain America, right? Mm. Jeremy Renner was spotted going into a hotel. <laughs> Near where they're where they were uh, promoting his Mission Impossible Rogue Nation movie, which looks amazing. It looks okay. It looks pretty amazing. I haven't. I haven't. Have you seen the last couple of Mission Impossibles? No. That is the only. I've not seen Ghost Protocol. That is the only movie series I know of that every sequel gets better. So far. I, I don't know. I feel like every one of those Mission, Mission Impossible, Impossible 2 was bad. Better than the first one. I hated the first Mission Impossible. Did you? I did. I, I really liked it. It was it was less action and more like spy thriller. Yeah, I think I I haven't I, I will catch this and say I've I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Like when it okay. first came out 15 years ago. Okay. If you watch it now, you'll feel a lot better about I it. I probably will. But I just found it pretty dull, pretty boring. Uh, it's it's a lot more um, since, cerebral. Since two or three, they started just making them basically American James Bond movies. Yeah, like yeah. that's that's what they are, and, and they're more like the Daniel Craig actiony Bond. Yeah, actually, I feel like maybe the Daniel Craig Bond movies have something have something to to owe to those second and third uh, Mission Impossible movies because it was. That sort of espionage combined with like intense action, and then Dan- the Daniel Craig days came around, and it's much more like that, you know. Yeah, uh, they they went away from the like stuffy Bond uh, character. Yeah, uh, of like the Pierce Brosnan days. Um, but anyway, he was spotted going into that hotel. Yep, with a cap on, a ball cap. Yep, that said Team Captain America, <laughs> and. There, I mean, you could you could argue that they gave, you know, a couple of caps to everybody. One that says Team Captain America, one that says Team Iron Man, but we haven't seen anything that says Team Iron Man. We have not. We have seen something that says Team Captain America, so that might be his allegiance. And that might be, like, the unit's 
of of filming like the team captain america's unit one they're filming all the all this stuff over here and team iron man's over there doing all the like cgi stuff because <laughs> yeah. he pretends to look at a screen for most of his career now <laughs> makes so much money to stare at a screen i swear so anyway there's that and then i'm really surprised uh you know in that uh I was, I think it was on Fat Man on Batman. They were talking about Age of Ultron. Yeah. In the first scene, uh, he's in the suit, and he lands in this scene. He lands in this little thing and opens up, and he steps out and says, uh, "Sentry mode." mode. Yeah, <laughs> you got it. Uh, he says, "Sentry <laughs> mode," and then he goes to work on the thing. And uh, <laughs> uh, Kevin Smith was positing that uh, they were like. We're paying this guy so much money. We are going to get him on screen for a few minutes. <laughs> Just like, he, we are taking him out of that suit. He's coming out of that suit. He's doing something. <laughs> he was like, there was no reason for him to get out of the suit. He could have done that from the suit. And, I mean, that's iffy. I don't know if he can type with those big metal fingers or not. Uh, come on. It's, it's Tony Stark. Yeah. I, just think, I also think it would look silly to have Iron Man typing. Maybe. Secretary Iron Man, really? <laughs> I want to see that now. I want to see that. Iron Man is now Pepper Potts' secretary. Yeah. I need that in my life. <laughs> I need him to have like an old-fashioned typewriter. I just feel like crushing the keys. Crushing the keys every time he tries to type. He's got like a pile of broken typewriters behind him. He just has to keep pulling a new one out. <laughs> oh my gosh I did a great escape room this week That's not relevant at all It was all. so good It just had a typewriter in the room And it was great Oh Okay That's have, I, have we talked about escape rooms on this podcast? A little bit, yeah Oh man I love doing escape rooms You guys should look into them if you haven't Okay They're the best activity <laughs> I want to go to um, I want to go to Airwalk or I've been Steel City Jump Park. I am. Uh, I was too unfit the first time I went to Airwalk. I'm a lot more fit now than I was then. But the first time I went to Airwalk, I, which uh, if anybody doesn't know, it's a trampoline park, uh, trampoline indoor trampoline park. I jumped on the trampolines and like five minutes, I was like, I forgot how hard it is to jump on a trampoline. <laughs> It's like me. It's like we're, we're all adults. We're all in our thirties. We all go in there. We start bouncing, and everyone, after like two or three minutes, we're all sitting on the sidelines. Like, can we go again? Are we? Is it, are, are you guys? Are we okay for this? <laughs> can we do this again? Uh, it, it was it, jumping on trampolines is not easy. Yeah, <laughs> not nearly as easy as you remember as a kid. Yeah. Your body like just doesn't take the shock as well as like a thirty something. Bouncing is like ah, the joints, the <laughs> knees. Oh, it takes so much more muscles than I realized. Uh, Apparently, there's a uh, old man. There's there's a like an air fit fitness class that's supposed to happen oh, on like saturdays there you burn like a fun. thousand calories in an hour or something like that oh dude you do that just jumping on a trampoline <laughs> um but it's like it's crossfit is involved as far as i as, as far as i know i thought you were like crossfit was a lot of lifting weights it's it's like aerobic versions of anaerobic exercises it's weird yeah 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 okay cool. anyway so let's move on to the last bit of news is just uh, emmy nominations 
for you know yeah upcoming stuff agents of shield was nominated for outstanding special visual effects for the episode the dirty half dozen and daredevil got three nominations for uh different things uh they got outstanding main title design outstanding sound editing for a series which i mean come on like seriously yeah real good they deserve that one just outright and then outstanding visual effects in a supporting role i understand the difference between visual effects and visual effects in a supporting role i don't either okay (laughs) just outright don't get it (laughs) uh, yeah it's weird okay uh yeah yeah that's great i think they should win all four of those marvel should take home them Take home those four. All of them. I mean, they, they've also got, like... The title design is beautiful. It really is. But they've also got, like, The Flash and Gotham and... Yeah. Those. <laughs> and Green Arrow to contend with. Yeah, I feel like... Uh, for a lot of those. I feel like for Outstanding Special Effects, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. should take it. Probably. Um, Disney's got deep pockets. They do, and they spend when it comes to those big episodes. Every time I see the exterior of the bus on Agents of Shield, it's like a big it landing episode. or taking out. Yeah, it is. It's like, <laughs> oh, whoa, it's a big shit's it's, going down, guys. Something big's gonna happen tonight. It's a, <laughs> it, it's the season finale already. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is episode four. I'm what? seeing an, I'm seeing an exterior of the bus. It has to be. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that. It just always looks gorgeous, and I'm I'm fine. I love you use use your effects sparingly, and just like spend when it matters. You know, some shows will just like have random shots that don't really help. You know, don't really help the story. Yeah. Um. And Agents of Shield really uses it sparingly, and then when they do, they hit it hard, and it looks awesome. That's true. That's true. Plus, that episode was real good. Yeah. It's when the group got back together. Um, well, let's jump right into some feedback uh, before we go into the spoiler section and talk uh, Ant-Man spoilery things. Um, Nathaniel Muzzy says, listen to your podcast today. I can't recommend Earth's Mightiest Heroes enough. That show nails the characters' personalities from the comics and actually has a few deep-cut villains. Check it out if you don't read the comics. I'm going to have to do that. You are going to have to. We, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, and that's... Uh, yeah. I keep talking about it because it was such a good show. I need to I need to dive into that stuff. Avengers Earth Minus Heroes. I think it's on Netflix too, so it is. It is. That's where I watched it. It was like two seasons. Cool. Yeah, I I think I saw like the first two episodes and they were good. They were good. A lot of the Marvel animation isn't great. Like the movies that I've seen and yeah. stuff. I've like they had the like Hulk versus Oh yeah, Hulk on, versus Thor and Hulk versus yeah Wolverine. on on Netflix and I tried to watch those and I was like, this is for children. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. The kids need the, some Marvel to watch too. But uh, I just you know didn't dig it. Uh, DC does a really good job of being for kids and still being able to watch it as an adult and enjoy it. You know. Um, yeah, it's too bad they can't make a good like live action movie though. <clears throat> so far. So far, but this—I'm telling you—this Batman v Superman looks pretty good. That trailer, Maybe. we haven't discussed it on the podcast. Uh, I know you're skeptical, but that Batman v Superman trailer, the one that came out of Comic Con, looks sick. 
Batman running into the fall, running toward a falling building. Uh, that was as Bruce B- Wayne. Bruce Wayne running toward a falling building. That really got me. That like that moment in the trailer got me in. I was like, oh, oh, he was there. Oh shit! Like I, I don't know th- that connection. It just it really that got me excited. That deep continuity. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. They're doing that, that one movie deep continuity. Finally doing it though. They're finally <laughs> doing that. And on top of that. It just looks like there's going to be real emotional stakes in the movie, and um, it's not going to be. It doesn't look like it's going to be dumb. It looks yeah. like it's going to be good, and I'm, yeah. I'm hopeful. It might be dumb. They still have not proven themselves, but we'll see. And it definitely doesn't look as fun as Marvel. Well, yeah, they've said no jokes. Yeah, <laughs> Joe Sanders sent a picture on our Facebook that said, uh, "This, this is what I want to see in Civil War," and it's a picture of uh, Hawkeye. With Ant Man on his arrow, about to be fired, <laughs> which is yeah, pretty awesome. The cover of Avengers number two twenty three. Yeah, that was actually the last. I think it was the last one. It was in that Scott Lang Ant Man book. Oh, neat! That compilation book. Awesome. Um, we've got a uh, Steph Wright says, "Hey." Love you guys. Love I the... it was just hey, and I was gonna be like, yeah, just she just said Hi. hey. Steph said hey. <laughs> How's it going? Sorry, I was uh, trying to read through, and read it properly, and not make her sound dumb because of my poor reading skills. Um, <laughs> Steph Wright says, That's "Hey, nice of you. Love you guys. Love the podcast. I have always liked nerdy comic booky stuff, having been influenced by my big brother growing up, but I." am late to the MCU. Just thought all the Marvel movies coming out were just movies, all adding to the spice that is Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> that is a nice spice. Pretty much what's happening, though. I, mean, that's, <laughs> I, I don't think you were wrong at all, Steph. He's I think that's, the connective tissue. That's pretty much it. Um, heard you guys mention the 25-hour marathon of MCU, and I would love to do that, but in my own time. I'm a mother of two and manager. Could you list all the movies in order for my viewing pleasure. Thanks a bunch. Oh, and just so you know, because of you guys, my Marvel Kung Fu is much greater than my boyfriend's, and I love it. Keep it coming and stay healthy. <laughs> Thanks, Steph. We are trying to stay healthy. Jess doing, doing a better job than me. I, dude, have you seen Dave Bautista? Like, oh, I, yeah. got, I got some ground to cover. You do have some ground to cover. I do too, though. Lots of ground. Um, all right. It's starting to come in, though. See yeah, that? get See it. See that cut? Get it. Mm, sorry. Jeff's showing off his muscles during the podcast, <laughs> everyone. It's making me uncomfortable. Um, With how much you like it. <laughs> I, I'm not denying it. <laughs> um, not here in a no. <laughs> well, you're welcome, Steph Wright. Yes, and uh, I guess uh, we. I think somebody posted an answer for her uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. the of the movies in order. But uh, just for uh, you know, we haven't really done this, talked about this in a while. We are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Uh, but what does that mean? Uh, a lot of people might not even understand what the Marvel Cinematic Universe is, and I think it's a good point to bring up. Um, in two thousand eight, Marvel created a studio, and it's no longer all of these different Marvel movies being made by different studios, they decided they were going to make their own movies, and they started with Iron Man. So we've got the first three Iron Man movies, Captain America 1 and 2, Thor 
one and two. Um, the Incredible Hulk. The Incredible Hulk. Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Ant-Man and Avengers one and two. Those are the movies. That's the 27 hours now of content that there is. Those are not in order. but um, And then they, they also started making television series. The cool thing is all these things exist in the same universe. Probably if you're listening to this podcast, you already know all this. But uh, just for anyone who might be a new listener, that's what we're getting at. It's, it not, doesn't, the, it's not the Samuel L. Jackson verse. No, it is not the Samuel L. Jackson verse. Although, uh, isn't every universe the Samuel L. Jackson verse? Fair um, point. He may, Hey. Maybe Mace Windu uh, traveled Stop. Stop through it. time Stop and it. became. Stop it. Uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Nick Fury. Um, None of that. So, uh, we're do, we, that's, that's, what, that's what we're here to talk about every week. The things that it does not include, in case you're not. Oh, and Spider Man is now going to join. They haven't put yep. out any movies yet, but starting in two years, Spider Man will be a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yep. And then so. they started making TV shows. So we've got Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. seasons one and two, soon to be three. Agent Carter in her first season and soon to be a second season. And then Daredevil on Netflix in its first season, soon to be two. They're filming two. And Jessica Jones coming up, Luke Cage coming up, Iron Fist coming up, and The Defenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the culmination series coming up. So we've got all of that. A lot of stuff coming. As well as all the movies. A lot of stuff coming. Basically, if you want to know about the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, just listen to this every week. Subscribe on iTunes, uh, all <laughs> of that good stuff, or Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts, and we'll keep you up to date. Um, but just a little, that's, that's all I want to say about that, because most people that are here already know that. But if you didn't, there you go. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, the things it does not include are the X-Men, the Fantastic Four. Um, is that it at this point? Yeah, the Fox stuff. Is that, So there's only two Marvel Universes now. For some reason I was thinking there was a third and I'm just not thinking of it. But no, yeah, that's it. Just the Fox stuff. That's not bad. They've almost got everything back. <laughs> Basically just the X-Men and the Mutants and then the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Cool. I like it. Yeah. It's not um, bad. Not bad at all. <laughs> They're bringing it all So back. those are those those two properties, X-Men and Fantastic Four, are owned by Fox. So those movies do not cross over with our Marvel Cinematic Universe that we love so much. And if they ever do come back, if they ever get the rights back to those, and they don't use... Sir Patrick Stewart to be Xavier, I will just write off everything ever because he is the best Xavier in existence. Well, he's a good Xavier, but they're already replaced him because there's a younger version that they need well, to be. Yeah, That's yeah, all but that is. pretty soon he's going to shave his head and he's just going to be the Xavier. He's done that for this film. Well, there you go. Third one. Look at me. He's the young version. Yeah, but they're not going to go back to the old version, I don't think. They have to. I think they're probably it's Sir Patrick Stewart. And they're probably close to done. No, oh, yeah, this will with be Sir like Patrick the last Stewart. One. Just the franchise. Oh, I don't think that at all. Oh yeah, it's the last one ever. <laughs> Thank God for it. No way. <laughs> they're gonna keep that going. They've got Deadpool coming. Yeah. Uh, they're probably gonna be recasting Wolverine. Soon. They are. So. Oh, recasting like after yeah. Hugh Jackman's done. Yeah, with Hugh the Jackman's third one. done with it. Yeah. So. Well, they're doing a Wolverine three. Yeah. With. 
hue. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were just, they were never good. They've gotten better. Have they? Oh, absolutely. Have you seen these last two? First class and... Oh, no, I meant like the Wolverine was Oh, I'm so awful. sorry. I'm so sorry. Yes. The, the Wolverine X-Men Origins movies. Wolverine was terrible. Yeah, I actually haven't seen the Wolverine yet. I've only seen X-Men uh, Origins Wolverine. I, I can enjoy First Class and Days of Future Past if I separate what I know about the X-Men canon from myself. You mean from the comic books? Yeah. Well, yeah, just see, like I always separate those things. All, everything, X-Men of any sort. Hmm. Not just comics, but like other, like the TV show from 92 to 97. Yeah. That I have the entire box set of. Yeah. Which was so good. Anyway, um, if I can separate that from me, I'm good. I can watch it. I can enjoy it. It's so difficult for me to separate that. <laughs> All right. Um, so anyway. Let's see. Got a little S.H.I.E.L.D. feedback. So if you haven't seen S.H.I.E.L.D., skip forward a, a minute. <laughs> Shay Foley <clears throat> said, just started rewatching season two of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and I noticed in the episode where Lady Sif comes after the Kree who landed on Earth when she gets her memory back says that Odin sent her. Well, we know that Odin is Loki in disguise. What is Loki's motive for stopping the Kree? Maybe I'm just looking into this too much. That doesn't seem to be how things work when it comes to Marvel. Um... Yeah, I noticed that too when we got to that point in the show, um, and I don't think um, I didn't even think about it. I did, and and what's what's interesting about him being Odin uh, at the end of Thor two is he still has to govern. Yeah, he still has to do the normal things of, uh, to govern, and and that's really all he ever wanted was to be the you know he wanted, he wanted to be, to the, be king. the king of Asgard. Yeah, so like. In a lot of ways, I think he wants to be a good king. Because all he wanted from that first movie was to prove himself a good king. So if and he's, a worthy son. If he's either taken Odin out, crossed him off, or if he's hidden him somewhere, whatever's going on with Odin... I like that use of crossed him off. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, whatever he's done with Odin... Uh, he, I think, inside wants to prove that he can do this job. I don't think I don't think he has fully nefarious plans. You know, that's the depth of that character, though. Yeah, like that's why he's such a good villain. It's because he, you can identify with him on every level. You may not agree with him, but you can identify with him. Yeah, absolutely. You can you can understand his point of view and his motivations, which is you know the important thing. Yeah. Um, cool. That character depth. Mm. All right, guys. Well, we're going to go into talking about Ant-Man. So if you haven't seen Ant-Man yet, uh, you may want to turn us off. But before you do, let us tell you that we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast in partnership with 45 Magazine and a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us on MCUcast.com, uh, at MCUcast on Twitter, Facebook.com slash MCUcast, or you can just give us a phone call at 573-CAST-MCU. Um, and you can email us at MCUcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you call us or email us and leave a message, we will read them or play them here on the podcast. Um, if you want to help us out, you can head over to iTunes, or you just want to find out when we've got a new episode out, head over to iTunes or Stitcher and subscribe or leave us a five-star review. Those really help us out a lot. Um, 
we are if also if you want to support the podcast go to mcucast.com click on the amazon banner and buy something uh particularly <laughs> if it's going to something you're going to buy anyway because it really helps us out um so ant-man ant-man we already had a little instant first impressions cast which we talked for about an hour on so i feel like we discussed a lot can we talk about this ant-man feedback though Absolutely. Let's dig right into the Ant-Man feedback. Chris Lang says, I beg to differ from your comment about the scene with the Falcon. He was talking about you saying that the Falcon scene was completely unnecessary. He says, whether or not Marvel wanted to add the scene just to include an Avenger, we finally got an actual interaction between two superheroes in a standalone film. This is really one of the kinds of groundbreaking things we go to see these films for. It's a comic book universe come to life. Plus, what a cool way to showcase the Ant-Man suit's abilities. He takes down the Falcon. I completely agree, Chris. And to 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 talk about my statements on the last cast, I did not say I didn't like the scene. I was responding <laughs> directly to something that uh, Jeff said, which was, it didn't feel like it was tacked on. It didn't. It absolutely did. No. <laughs> it was like they left one they left the storyline they were telling to retrieve a piece of technology which was just a MacGuffin. They there was no real need for that piece of technology to be in the movie. And they they were like, you know what would be cool if we put an Avenger in this movie? And it's exactly what Chris is saying. It is. It's a crossover between two superheroes fighting in a standalone film. It's awesome. I loved it. It was probably my favorite scene in the movie. Um, thinking, thinking, I think it was my favorite scene in the movie. I loved this scene. So don't get me wrong, Chris. I loved it. I was just responding to Jeff's statement that he was saying that it seemed like that scene was like imperative to exist in the it's movie. It's integral. Like it had, it's integral to the film moving forward, and I don't think that at all. <laughs> I think that it wouldn't provide any interconnectivity without it. Uh, no. that's that's, that's not true either. There's lots of, of it. there's lots of connectivity. None of it in in the movie. But, none of it. But again, none of it would have existed without that. Great, great scene. Wonderful that they're starting to cross over the the the, the in the standalone films. It's funny that we mentioned that. I forgot to tell you about a Kevin Feige interview that I read. <clears throat> in that scene, when he's flying over the Avengers base. Yep. And it used to be an old Howard Stark warehouse or whatever. Yeah. The the layout that you see there has extra landmarks and things in it that were not there at the end of the uh, Avengers Age of Ultron film. Yeah. So I think there's I noticed been, that. There's been added on things since then. So it's obviously later on in the timeline. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. They're building up the base. I dig it. I like it. Um, but yeah, so, so Chris, please don't take me wrong that I don't like the, don't like the scene. Cause I love the scene. I just didn't think that, uh, Jeff was right. And I always stand up to Jeff when he's wrong. <laughs> That's not true. Sometimes I just go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't tacked on. It was the most important scene in the film. <laughs> it just, it did. I'm again, I love the heart. scene. It had nothing to do with the rest of the movie. And I, like, I think even what Chris says there supports what I'm saying. It's like, yes, it combines, it shows they're in a bigger universe. It does what no other studio can do. It brings in this character who is, he's not even a character 
He's not even a main character from one of the movies. He is a sidekick from one of the other movies, <laughs> and he just shows up. And him saying, you know, him mentioning Cap, uh, it's very important to me that no one tells Cap about this. Like that's a great line. The whole, the whole, the whole scene is great, but not integral to to the oh, Ant yeah. Man story. No, it absolutely is. <laughs> Jeff's just Let's being see. stubborn. Now. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think. Yeah, stubborn might be a good word for that. Um, <laughs> Ornery, maybe. I'm glad, glad, glad you're admitting it. Uh, Matthew Ryan Cronin says on Facebook, Who lost a hand in Ant-Man? I swear I watched all the movie, all movie for it, and I didn't see it. It's gotta, huh. be, it's gotta be Cross. Yeah. It's gotta I, be Cross at the we end. We talked about this beforehand, and... <laughs> beforehand. Beforehand. <laughs> but don't and it is true that Darian Cross, at the end of Ant-Man, uh, when he's, uh, his regulator is broken, or not even that, something else happens. His entire suit gets broken, His basically. suit gets broken. His, his arm is the first thing to go. Yeah, his right arm gets crushed in, and he spends a good couple of seconds kind of flailing screaming. and screaming without that arm. Yeah, and so that's the only thing we could think of. I don't... Don't know of anyone else. I also uh, mentioned to Jeff earlier that Antony lost his wing. He, yeah. Well, Antony lost his life. Yeah. And his right wing fluttered to the ground. We don't know that. We don't know that. Maybe Antony's fine. It was the curvature. Maybe Antony's fine. He got hit by a bullet. Maybe Antony's fine. He's an ant. He's <laughs> Quit caring about ants so much. Uh, that, that's... That brings up a point that Hank Pym made when when Scott Lang asked him, like, why not just send the ants? And he's like, Scott, they're ants. <laughs> so the logic <laughs> So the logic of Hank Pym is funny. They're ants. But you control the ants. Like that's the whole point, right? Yeah, but they need a leader. They need a that's leader. That's literally what you're doing from the house. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> he was doing that from his house. To the jail cell and to all kinds of... I do feel like the Ant-Man suit is almost unnecessary when you can control ants the way he can. That's true. And they're way more expendable than Scott Lang. (laughs) And that's why he wants Scott Lang, so why doesn't he just send more ants? I mean, they're so expendable that they can die to Scott Lang's training. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I feel like they, they gloss over how many ants die in this movie. They they try to never really show one. Like they don't show ant carcasses everywhere. Yeah, they don't show them being crushed. They only show Anthony like get hit by a bullet like that, and then, and then they make it sound like it's a sad thing. But ants have been dying this whole movie. <laughs> and like every with, time Ant Man is with, in, a, in, a, in an ant hill, he freaks out and presses the grow <laughs> button. He crushes every ant in the vicinity. Like that's just how <laughs> physics work. <laughs> <laughs> when Cross is holding that one, like the one big bullet ant, he doesn't he doesn't do what any normal person would do and just like kill it and then throw it away. He just tosses it away. It's like, dude, that's gonna come back. It's not like it's just mm-hmm. it's done over there, stunned. It's gonna come crawling back at you. What are you thinking? Uh, but like when he presses the grow button and it just explodes out of the ground, it's a kill- hilarious scene. It is. But if he you, killed you have to, all of them. You have to really ignore the fact that he killed all the ants <laughs> for that to be a funny scene. He's like, oh, hey, little guy, you're cute. 
murder your family. <laughs> like, it's like 30 seconds later, he's murdering his family. Like, like, it's that just, was a lot scarier a few seconds ago. <laughs> before I murdered them all. That was a lot scarier. Once before. I killed them all, it was okay. <laughs> Can't tell you how many times I've said that. What? No good. No good, Ant-Man. <laughs> I feel like the whole ant use of ants in those movies is just problematic. <laughs> it's just problematic. Just be the amazing shrinking man and get and, and be fine with that. So, <clears throat> we've had some time with Ant-Man. Yep. We've had some time to think I've about it. I've seen it three times now. I've seen it, you know, I've seen it twice now and I have to say it is still as good as I thought it was on opening night. I, I'm still very impressed with what they were able to do, given that like nobody was on, like nobody. How do I put it? Given the shifting environment behind the film, mm-hmm. it's really incredible what they were able to do with it. Okay, and make it a very interesting heist film that also involves superhero antics. I, I liked what they were able to do. I do. Um, I liked the movie a lot. It wasn't my favorite Marvel movie. I liked it. I liked all the characters though, and I'm, and I am excited to see where they go from here. But as a standalone film, it's just not my favorite one. I could see that. I could see that. Um, but it was good. It was good. And I really love the character of Scott Lang. I like. I just always like Paul Rudd. I think Evangeline Lilly did great uh, as 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 Wasp slash. She wasn't uh, Wasp. She wasn't Wasp, but she will be. Um, Hank future, Pym, future Wasp. Yeah. A lot of people are saying that uh, that Hope Van Dyne in that movie was just there to be pretty and be a nag hmm. to the to the guys in the film. <laughs> Why are nerds so caught up in, a, in, 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 in keeping, saying every time a woman's in a movie that they're always just a nag? <laughs> I feel like that happens way more, no, way too it's often. Been, it's been like uh, the feminists. Like there was one article on, uh, on comic book resources on CBR that was uh-huh. just the longest, just most horrible article toward Ant-Man saying that like, they missed the mark with uh, with the Wasp, and they're not honoring the Wasp legacy, and everything about Evangeline Lilly was god awful, and huh. this was bad, and that was bad, and just it's it, ripping it. Hard. I understand from a feminist perspective why it would be offensive, because it is a very patriarchal movie. Hank Pym's a very patriarchal character. Uh, he is, and so he's always been. He, that is his character, and in the movie, he has to grow to respect her. Yeah, um, and that's and that's just his arc. But the movie is also a big part of this movie. And I don't think we talked about it last week. And I loved the scene where Hank Pym sits down with Scott Lang to talk about their daughters. Um, and there's this great parallel between Hank Pym kind of losing his daughter and Scott Lang trying to hold on to his daughter and trying to be... They both want to be the men that their daughters would want them to be, you know? Yeah. Um, so this movie is about the fathers. <laughs> yeah. This is not about her. Uh, but she proves herself in the movie. Like, she's very smart, um, very talented. Very strong. Very, very strong. Um, I think she would have been a much better Ant-Man in the yeah. movie. 
<laughs> than yeah. Scott was. Um, the only reason she's not is because Hank Pym has a hang-up that he's not going to let his daughter go into danger like his, like her mother. Yeah. Um, which until I, later. Until Once later. Once he grows past it. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, and it's, wait, she didn't die. She's just in the quantum realm. Go ahead, darling. Huh? It's not that dangerous. You'll I just know. live forever in the quantum realm. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I just, I liked that story. This was not Hope Van Dyne's story. No, of course not. Um, she was, she was, I can understand why feminists would be upset for that reason, because it's not her story, but it's just not her story. It's not. Um, I'm hopeful that they will make a movie that is more her story. Um, whether it's a future Ant-Man movie or a Wasp movie or any other um, Marvel movie that could feature the two of them, yeah, or the or just with the Wasp, Ant-Man and the Wasp, would be cool. Or they could do Giant Man again. Yeah, I, I really thought that. I don't know if I mentioned this last last feet. week on the podcast. I thought for sure he was going to become Giant Man at the end and just keep growing. Well, we, you know, when he takes the, the 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 thing and sticks it on his regulator, the little discs and sticks it on a disc and sticks it on his regulator, he's changing out his regulator for a grow disc. Yeah. And I thought he was just going to... just adding it to it. Yeah. So just that... Would, that, that we, yeah. we talked about that last week. Made no sense. Um, but um, I thought maybe when he did that, he just wouldn't stop growing. Yeah, I thought for sure that was going to be, you know, just like the Thomas the Tank Engine uh, landed huge and, like, broke through the house. Yeah. I thought, like, Is the final... going to shoot up through that hole in the ceiling? Yeah. I can or, see that. I think, it'd be, I think it would be awesome. Daddy, where are you? Daddy, where are you? Boom. <laughs> he just, like, breaks out of the side of the house. And, uh, uh, hey, hey, guys. And the cops start, like, firing at him or something. I don't know. <laughs> That would be awful. The cops freak out and aim, you know, they aim their weapons at him or something. I, I think that would have been a fun, interesting way to end it. Um, or he just gets too big and can't support his own weight and <laughs> falls, just falls, falls on the down. house, crushes the home, and then, <laughs> and then Hank Pym comes back. He's like, "I saw you grow, and I think you'll probably only be able to support your weight at twelve feet." <laughs> And we're like, what? <laughs> like, the whole Giant Man thing. I know we discussed it in the comic book week. Yeah. But it makes no sense. If you're going to grow... He just arbitrarily came up with 12 feet. I don't... See, see, I know you're, you're hung up on that. I'm hung up on the fact that what use is getting bigger if you get weaker? <laughs> right? Like, I think the 12 feet thing is probably just trial and error. He just realized... Oh, he I did get... it the first time, though. Well, he probably... after the first time, he was just like... Yeah, twelve feet's a good number. He probably Wait, got, how'd you deduce that? He probably realized as he got bigger that oh well that first time he was way bigger than twelve feet though. He got yeah. huge and broke through the house and he was lying on his side. He probably did some math and was like, if I get this percent weaker, this percent size, blah blah blah. It, he's Hank Pym. I'm fine with him figuring out how tall he's allowed to be. But <laughs> <laughs> But I'd like to be six foot one. <laughs> I'm fine with that. How do I do that? But what is what is weird is that he doesn't um 
he doesn't get stronger, or he doesn't even maintain his... He's not even normal human strong. Yeah. He just disperses his strength through a larger body. <laughs> it's taking him enough work to, like, move around, apparently. But then again, he picks up, like, three guys at the same time. I know. In makes, that very same issue. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. The giant man thing is just... And now, if, if, if they do it differently, and he grows and grows in strength for the movies i'm fine with that that'd be great yeah that's what he does in uh in the comic or not in the comic in the um avengers are some mighty heroes oh, that we yeah. talked about when he becomes giant man cool he gets strong punches things kicks over buildings and crap like that cool i like it yeah just if physics are gonna work one way they gotta kind of work one way you know <laughs> but just, the quantum realm you gotta have continuity people Deep, deep continuity. Hot, sticky, deep, <laughs> nasty continuity. Um, I never said nasty. Sloppy, just. <sighs> I don't. I don't know other words to put on that that would make that like steaming, hot and ready, um, fresh continuity. I think. Uh, I think now you're just thinking of Little Caesars. I'm hungry. <laughs> I get it, man. You've been on diet for eleven days. I respect it, but I also understand being hungry. I just, I'm normally asleep by now. Mm. And my body's like, well, if we're going to keep going, <laughs> provide us calories. You've got to do something. Oh. So, I guess let's uh, kind of break it down by character, maybe. Um, what did you think of Darren Cross as the villain? Darren Cross, I liked a lot more in this iteration than his origin in the comic. Yep. He he had that, like, he had that father-son, mentor-student relationship, but, like, the liked, damaged mentor-student. I liked the complexity of his character a yeah, lot. Yeah, like, he had the, the damaged mentor-student thing where, like, you were kind of a father figure, you were kind of a mentor, but then you didn't show me all of the ropes, and I had to figure it all out by myself, and you abandoned me, and you're a jerk, and now I'm taking over your company. It's going to be cross-technologies now. Yeah. I... <clears throat> yeah, I, I liked I liked him a lot, and I even uh, saw things from his perspective. Yeah, and I, I, when I was watching, I was like, hey, "Is he the bad guy? Because he <laughs> doesn't he really the bad seem guy? like the bad guy." And then they 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 threw in that line about the particles making him go crazy, basically. Yeah, and he wasn't that stable to start with, but. He didn't seem that unstable to me, even at the end. <laughs> like, until he... He never seemed that unstable until he tried to kill everyone. Like, that was when... Yeah, that was oh, when he broke. That was it. <laughs> I think it could have been... They could have done a little more of a slow decline into him being crazy. Yeah, but it wasn't It wasn't a Darren Cross origin story. It was a Scott Lang, Ant-Man origin story. True, but, but that's the biggest problem with the... That's the biggest cited problem with Marvel movies, is that they never take the time with the villains to give their origins, you know? Uh, the, and the one that they've done it right is Loki, and that's because him and Thor have this shared origin. Yeah. And they were able to bridge those two together and make it a really compelling story for both of them. Yeah. Shakespearean even though, in scope. Even though thing. nobody liked the first Thor movie. Hmm. But everybody loved the Avengers because yep. of Loki. Yep. I, I, never, I never disliked the... First Thor movies. I think it's one of my least. It's of those first four. It's one of my least favorite. But it's I don't hate it or anything. No, yeah, I'm, I'm, I enjoy it. I don't mean everybody hates it. I mean that like nobody lists it as their number one. 
Yeah. And for a while, it was my number one. I watched it again recently, and I was like, you know what? This is pretty good. They set up a lot of things in that movie that that go on to pay off well. Um, So that's real cool. And it's it's just it's a different feel. It's a big fantasy movie that you know everybody's riding off of Iron Man and expecting it to be Iron Man, and it's not. Yeah, it wasn't well, none, meant to none be. of the movies have been very similar. Um, the th- have I really told you what my problem with Thor is? Go ahead. What is it? The first Thor movie. My problem with it. What is it? The love story is stupid. And Finn, they never really have a conversation, really at all. They've they have almost nothing in common. You've got Thor, this god, right, who visits worlds and conquers things, and he's always traveling around the universe. He meets this girl. He has more in common with Doctor Selvig. Like they sit and have a drink, <laughs> like they they sit at the bar and they like drink and they talk and they talk about life. He never has that moment with Jane. Like they don't really have a moment. Basically, the movie happens. She thinks he's super hot, right? Like that, and that's understandable. And then in the in at the end of the movie, she kisses him, and uh, it's like, oh, she kissed him. That totally understandable from her perspective. Alien super god fine fine ass Thor looking dude shows up. Sure, kiss him. I get it. But from his perspective, that's got to happen like every week. <laughs> like there's just nothing that Maybe. special about the character of Jane, and it would be fine if they left it at that. That would be okay with me. But in the last moments of the movie, Loki has him down on the ground. Loki is. Uh, Loki looks forgive like he's me, Jane. What now? When he says "Forgive me, Jane," no, no, Lo- that that'd be fine. But Loki, uh, maybe Loki has him down on the ground. Oh yeah, Loki has. What's made you so soft? Uh, well, yeah, that whole the whole speech. Anyway, okay, let me get at this. Loki has him down on the ground, about to kill Thor, and he has he is about to, he has taken over Asgard. He has. Threatened to kill his father, he has, for all intents and purposes, stolen his kingdom. Everything Thor has worked for his whole life, and Thor is on the ground. He's he's lying there. He's being beaten by Loki, and but then Loki says, "And maybe after I'm finished here, I'll visit Earth and see what this Jane has to offer." And that's when Thor rallies. <laughs> His whole family, his whole kingdom, everything he's known, his entire hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of years of life, that's all, like, whatever. Like, he's, he's, but what makes him rally is this very thin relationship with this girl. He's like, you won't mess with Jane, and he, like, gets up and then beats Loki down, beats Loki up. That bothers me a lot. (laughs) Okay. We should probably cover Thor. Next week, or next episode of our you, podcast. You want to do that? We can do that. Since we, right. we have this big conversation about we, we've it. Got, we've got eight in weeks. In the middle of our Ant-Man conversation. Yeah, well, you know, it's tomorrow. I, I, we've never talked about it before, and that's my biggest problem with Thor. Like, it's not a problem with the movie or the scope of it or the... It's that moment of, like... His moment of triumph over Loki is based on such a thin relationship. Um, 
And then past that, that hasn't really bothered me in the subsequent Thor movies, um, but it really bothered me in that one. Okay. Um, we've talked about what we want to do over this next eight weeks. We've got eight weeks until um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. starts back up. Um, we, we've been discussing what to do. Uh, I think we're going to cover some Marvel, re- rewatch some Marvel movies. Yeah, some Phase 1. Yeah, Phase 1 and Phase 2 are over now. Yeah. Yep. And we've never we done need the to have Phase like 1 a, movies. A collective recap. Yeah. We could just... How about this? Let's do a couple of movies at a time, and we can make it through all the movies in, in eight weeks. Like, do two movies a week. Okay. Of course, we already did cast for two, three of the movies that have come out. So The Winter Soldier, Guardians, and Age of Ultron. And Ant-Man. So that's four. Like, four of the 12 movies we've already done, so... Actually, that, that means we have eight left. Ha! Huh. Let's do them. That's right. what we'll do. All right, guys. Little behind the scenes talk there, but we're gonna, we're gonna. I think we're gonna start with uh, res- responding to. I think it was Steph who who made the had the question earlier about about what movies to watch. There you go. We're gonna watch them with. We're you. gonna watch them with you starting next week. Starting with Iron Man one next week, and we're gonna watch through the entirety of the Marvel Cinematic Universe canon. We might have some uh, some special guests. Yeah. We definitely want everybody's feedback on what they think of um, of of the movies. these films. So next week, we'll get them in before Monday. Your your feedback about what you think about Iron Man One. There you go. There we go. Uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about with Ant Man? Like, I feel like we. I know we said it was going to be a first impressions cast, but we went on so long. I feel like we kind of covered it. I don't want to retread too much. Um, you guys let us know what you want to hear about with Iron Man, or Ant-Man. Tell us your thoughts, because I feel like we covered them pretty well. Um, I mean, there were a couple of Easter eggs. Yeah, what you got? Well, there was, um, the Milgram Hotel was a, a reference to an old comic book writer, Al Milgram. Al Milgram didn't actually work on any Ant-Man comics, per se. He, he, uh, he wrote the, uh, the West Coast Avengers for... A while, and uh, you know he's just he's a name that they wanted to pay homage to. Well, that's cool. So there was that the the Milgram Hotel was him, and uh, very cool. It is neat. There's all kinds of little knickknacks in <laughs> Hank Pym's house. Oh yeah, to look for, like uh, like what? You would ask me right as I'm struggling to remember anything. Well, right as you said, there's plenty of knickknacks to look for. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking that I would just kind of remember everything that I had read and talked and thought about and saw. And but then alas. I, and then I didn't remember any of it. When he was, uh, when Ant-Man was walking to the Al Milgram Hotel, speaking of, when he was walking the streets there, there was a sign in the background for a uh, a green soda that was bottled in Brazil. Oh yeah, it was that same one. It was that same one that uh, that was in the Incredible Hulk. That was in the Incredible Hulk. You know that's funny. I remember when they started shooting Ant Man, someone mentioned that that had been spotted on the set. Yep, that was that was a news story we talked about a year ago. So it's funny that it's uh that that uh, that's obviously in there. Another one that most people may not have seen when uh, Scott Lang landed on the car in his first little outing in the suit 
when he landed on that car, the or on that cab, the guy that was in that cab. Oh god damn it! What was his name? Is Garrett Morris who played Ant Man, right? Who played Ant Man on Saturday Night Live? Yeah, a few times. That's real funny. And it's. <laughs> I'm about to look look up those Saturday Night Live skits because I did not know that they'd had an Ant Man skit on Saturday Night Live. Well, it was like a superhero party skit, and you know everybody there's like the Flash, there's the Hulk, and you know everybody's gathering together to have this party, and and, and he shows up as Ant Man. Have you seen it? I, I've seen. Uh, uh, kind of like a recap of it, and like the Flash is saying like, okay. We'll just watch it. Yay, Bill Murray. <laughs> Yay, Bill Murray. We just paused our recording here to watch that uh, SNL skit. That was pretty funny. <laughs> I, hey, I love look. Bill Murray as Superman. Hey, um, Hulk, look. He's got the strength of a human. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They make fun of Ant-Man pretty hard. Uh And uh, on, on the face of it, his powers are dumb. <laughs> Now, when you include physics in it and go with what Hope said, like, you're like you're a, a bullet. bullet. Yeah, absolutely. Like, makes a lot more sense that absolutely. way. Absolutely, absolutely. And, I mean, when they can't see it coming, you know, because you're tiny. But I tell you what, man, they need to let his friend. Yeah, give Luis the suit. Give Luis the suit. He's got the punch. Yeah, that's something we didn't talk about. No, we didn't. Uh, we didn't talk about this. Luis... When when I first was watching the movie, I saw him punch two guys and completely knock them out. Three of them. In Three that, of them in one punch. In that I mean, scene. not like in all at once, but like one punch apiece. Yeah. And then I was like, man, that seems silly. And then I remembered in the first scene they talk about how he... You know, I'm the only one that's, that's been able to knock him out, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, okay, Luis, that was a really big guy, whatever. But then he does it. But then he knocks out, Apparently, like, Apparently, Luis has a really nice punch. Yeah. Really good punch. That's great. Because there was, like, there was the boss guy of security. There was the random guy with the with the, the ants. That's right. And then there was the guy the that was shooting And there were the, the two guys that were, that were shooting. He knocks the one guy out just outright. And then, like... Does a couple of hits on the other guy and knocks him out. That's pretty awesome. Like I like that Luis just has this like he has his own little superpower of a knockout punch, just single knockout punch. Yep. He's Each. just a really good brawler. <laughs> Give Luis the suit. Luis would have it. Luis would kill it. He's the new Eric O'Grady. I don't know what that means. That's a comic book joke. Eric O'Grady is the newest Ant Man. Uh he's in the series The Irredeemable Ant Man. Oh, wow. Uh, he's not a good person. <laughs> That's funny that they decided to go with that kind of again, because I think Hank Pym was kind of a... No, no. Like, Hank Pym hates this guy. Yeah. For being a dude. Like, in a correlation in uh, in one of the scenes in uh, the Ant-Man movie, like, Scott Pym... Wow, Scott Pym. Scott, Scott Pym? Lang. Mm-hmm. Scott Lang did his thing in the tub. He shrank down, was in the tub. In one of the first comics that Eric O'Grady was in, in Irredeem Blantman, he shrank down and spied on Miss Marvel taking a shower in that same kind of tub. Weird. Yeah. So he's not just, he's not like bad guy, he's just creeper? Is that a creeper? Well, he's also, 
not one to pull punches on bad guys. Oh, okay. Like the Martin Donovan character, um, his actual name is Mitch Carson. Mm-hmm. Agent Carson. Uh, in the comics, Mitch Carson was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent who hunted down Eric O'Grady uh, after he was disfigured by the hero in a fight. Hmm. Like, he beat him bad enough to disfigure him. Wow. Messed up his face. Okay. Mm. That's no no good. Anyway. So that's that's another one of the uh, the little Easter eggs. Tales to Astonish was another one um, that a yeah, lot of people I think we mentioned. mentioned that last week. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cassie Lang, the daughter of Scott Lang, actually ends up becoming a hero in her own right. I was wondering about that if she did because it just seemed like seemed like they might be setting that up somehow. Yeah, uh, she's in the Young Avengers. Um, her character or her superhero name is Stature. Uh, basically, she's been exposed to enough PEM particles throughout her life that she can just change size at will. Oh. Without, like, uh, an extra suit. Interesting. It's neat. It's definitely neat. Cool. Um, they mentioned Sokovia, like, dropping cities out of the sky. Right. Yep. Um, the microverse thing that we, that I had called it. Yeah. I mean, that we had mentioned. The micro realm. The quantum realm, the microverse, whatever they want to call it. Um, nice little Easter egg there. The ten rings, neck tattoo for that's, the, uh, the Hydra awesome. agent. Yeah. I, I saw it and didn't catch what it was. Let's see. The uh, the random whistling of It's a Small World. Oh, yeah. Really funny. There was, there was a nod to Spider-Man. Very obvious nod to Spider-Man. Well, you know, they say a guy who swings and a guy who crawls up walls. Like, as if they're two separate guys. And a guy who jumps. Yeah. And a guy who jumps. Which I don't know, I don't even know what they mean by a guy who jumps. Uh, but yeah, that, that, I thought that was weird that they said it as if there were three different guys. Yeah. Because wouldn't the wall crawling guy and the swinging guy be the same guy? You would think if it was, if it was in reference to Spider-Man. Yeah. Or if, I guess, if one of them is a reference to Spider-Man, which one? <laughs> Obviously the crawls on walls guy. I don't know, swing, the guy who swings is the web slinger. Yeah. It's pretty, 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 uh, Spider-Man-y. Pretty Spider-Man-ish. Spider-Manic. <laughs> anyway, um, really the only other thing that we can talk about is the post credit scene. Yes. The Accords. Yes, they say they need help, and they say, we could call Tony. No, the Accords won't let him help. I doubt the Accords will let him help, or something like that, something to that effect. Yeah. So, the Accords, I guess, the, some sort of Accords have happened. The general assumption is that the Accords are effectively the Superhuman Registration Act. Mm-hmm. The, the legislation passed in regard to superhuman registration yeah the way he says it though I doubt the accords will allow him to help makes it sound like there's a judgment call to be made which makes the accords sound like some sort of somehow like like a person or a group of people or something but or you know like you mentioned 
they have that liaison that they have to go through some sort of process before they can help. Yeah. So, that's interesting. I am looking forward to Civil War so much. <laughs> I know. And I know I know once uh, Agents of Shield gets started it's going to like ramp up the whole this whole like year I'm going to be oh, yeah. more and more um, ramped up for Apparently for that. the agents are going to have to decide all of the agents of Shield are going to have to decide where they stand in regard to the inhuman uh, population and the the growing inhuman um, happenings. Hmm. Since there's so much more terragenesis going on, and the terragen mist got, or the terragen crystal got dispersed, dispersed into the fish oil. So they're gonna have to decide how they feel about it, which will obviously create rifts and maybe draw some battle lines. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've already been planting the seeds for Civil War for so long. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a matter of time. It's a time yeah. bomb. It's a matter of about ten months. Nine, <laughs> nine months. It feels like it's so far away. Only nine months, man. Which means we have a year and nine months to lose all of our weight. Oh, dude. I'm all over it. You got this. You gotta do it too, though. Oh, no, I got this. <laughs> Starting tomorrow. <laughs> Every day it's starting tomorrow. That's right. Oh, man. Well, I think that's about all I got to say about Ant-Man tonight. Anything else you want to say before we move on? No, I think we've covered everything in the uh, in the first impressions cast. And then this, you know, little extra tacked on, let's talk about some particular characters and just riff about it episode. Yeah, I think so, too. Well, guys, if you have anything else to say about Ant-Man, please let us know. And also, we're going to be covering uh, Iron Man 1 next week. So I don't think it's going to be next week. Remember, you can't. I think I can do next week. You can? I think I can. Sure. We may have to double up one of the weeks because I've, okay. I've got a bunch of rehearsals coming up that I'm going to have to be really super involved uh, with some music stuff in the coming weeks. Uh, but I think next week we, we'll be able to drop one. Okay. Okay. Especially if we're doing something that we can do at any time and drop later. Yeah. Like an Iron Man review. You mean you want me to talk about Iron Man? Yeah. I can do that. I think we can talk about Iron Man. We could so, probably get a, a guest speaker or two. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Let's talk to Charles. Charles yeah, is always fun. Good old Charles McFall. Epic Boss McFall. Yeah, Epic Boss. Cool. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We're the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. If you would like a similar podcast that is just two guys talking about the DC universe, check out DC On Screen. That's our buddy Dave, who's a friend of the show. Uh, check him out. It's uh, If you want to hear, they've got a bigger job than we do. We've got a lot of stuff coming out, but he's like, they're covering anything DC that's on a screen. <laughs> Jesus. Like They're covering like video games, uh, cartoons, Movies, television shows. You know the uh, they're doing the Killing Joke animated, I do. I do. and Mark Hamill's coming back to be the Joker for that. Mm-hmm. He said he had to, he said he would come back for Killing. He hasn't been officially announced, I don't think. But oh yeah, he's he said back. he was he would come back to if they ever did the Killing Joke, and they're doing the Killing Joke, so they're trying to get him. Be rad. That'd be real rad. That would be badass, especially if Conroy will come back as bad. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, hope, I, hope, I hope they can make that happen. Oh. Um, so, I watch that all day, every day. Oh, yeah, me too. Anyway. So, everybody, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye.